well, well. Shopping for a car? Yep. Carvana made financing a car as smooth as can be. Oh, yeah? I got pre-qualified instantly and had real terms personalized just for me. Doesn't get much smoother than that. Well, I got to browse thousands of car options on Carvana, all within my budget. Doesn't get much smoother than that. It does. I actually wanted a car that seemed out of my range, but I was able to add a cosigner and found my dream car. It doesn't get much... Oh, it gets smoother. It's getting delivered tomorrow. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to get pre-qualified today. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You knew the job was dangerous when you took it, Fred. I have a question. Be respectful of me. You can act like a man. He's colossal, stupendous. One might even go so far as to say he's mediocre. I guess I should salute you as a worthy adversary and all that, but the truth is, I really did hate your guts. The Self Single Storm Podcast. There's a name out there you probably shouldn't know, but you probably do. Her name is Kate Whitman. Kate Whitman is the communications director for Speaker Dade Phelan. Now, typically, communications directors and people who serve politicians who stand for election and get the support of voters, typically the the staff for those people are not the ones making headlines. But this this woman, Kate Whitman, is is a different breed of cat. She is uh, an individual who gets out there and uses the celebrity and the and the position of her boss to try to fight for what what she believes is political change, fight against Republicans, and never has a coarse word to say about Democrats. So she serves allegedly a Republican speaker, but she is staunchly anti-Republican, staunchly anti-conservative, according to her tweets. She's just been on a tear. My understanding is the taxpayers of Texas are on the hook for around $200,000 a year for her salary. And here's what she's doing part of the time with that with that money, tweeting the following. For those keeping track, it's been five weeks since Representative Stickland at Defend Texas Liberty took an all-day meeting with infamous neo-Nazi Nick Fuentes with a at Texas GOP chair Matt Rinaldi in the same office on that day. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, by the way, folks, the, in, the individuals who, my understanding is anyway, the individuals who organized that meeting, and we don't know whether it was all day, but the organizers who, who put that together, they are no longer working at Defend Texas Liberty. That's number one. Uh, number two, why would the communications director for the Speaker of the Texas House, someone who should be focused on public policy, uh, be ignoring public policy and focusing on Defend Texas Liberty, which is a group that donates money to to conservative candidates to to challenge left wing pro Democrat Republicans. Why would Kate Whitman? What what possible state interest does this have? 
Folks, what's really going on here is Kate Whitman is is distracting. She wants the people of Texas, and she's using your own taxpayer money to do this. She wants you to believe that it's more important to focus on a a group, a donor group, that I think everybody involved would admit there was a mistake made, and they corrected that mistake. But she wants you to focus on them and not the people who she represents in government, Dade Phelan and his lieutenants, who turned in the most socialist, anti-Texan, anti-American regular session in Texas history. She would rather you focus on individuals who are out there trying to fix the Texas legislature by getting actual conservatives who keep faith with their voters rather than focus on all of her allies the, and the speaker's allies who are individuals who stab their voters in the back on a regular basis. Now, you tell me what's more important, focusing on what a donor group is doing or those who are in political positions of power and what they're doing with that power to us, to we, the people. Now, in response to Kate Whitman's tweet, I put this out on X. For those keeping track, we're on pace for a record fifth special session for Texas, as Governor Greg Abbott has had to force at Kate Whitman's boss to keep faith with a majority of voters on a number of issues. Failed government in the Texas House leadership is the focus of we the people. And I wasn't the only one to take notice. Uh, Representative Brian Harrison tweeting out, bad enough Speaker Phelan uses his position to empower Democrats and pass their priorities. But he's now forcing taxpayers to pay his staffer almost $200,000 a year to attack the Republican Party, promote radical Democrats, and smear conservative lawmakers. Any way you slice it, that's, that's precisely what Kate Whitman is doing here. But the question is, is she doing it of her own volition? Which, then again, that begs the question, has Speaker Dade Phelan lost complete control over his staff and of the House? Or is she doing so as an attack dog at the behest of the Speaker so he can keep his hands clean and he sends out his taxpayer-funded communications director to do his political dirty fighting for him? Now, folks, I don't know about the legal uh, situation here, but I'm going to try to find out that and the ethical situation here. Is what Kate Whitman doing ethical? We talk about it next on the Salcedo Storm podcast. And now a word from our sponsor. Are you sick of all these Medicare commercials? Well, what if you're under 65 and need quality, affordable health coverage? American Medical Plan specializes in under 65 health insurance plans that have zero co-pays at the doctor and no deductible on all outpatient services, including surgeries. You pick your doctors and hospitals. There are private plans, enroll anytime, and they are 30 to 60% less than Obamacare. If you're paying too much for your own health insurance, call American. American medical plans. They will customize a plan managed and chosen by you, not the government. A liberty-loving American takes on Washington, Hollywood, and the whole media establishment. He's Chris Salcedo. Join his fight. Tune in to the Chris Salcedo Show 
every weekday afternoon on Newsmax. Do you support the sanctity of life? Our military, our veterans, our first responders? Well, so does Patriot Mobile. They have great discounts for all of those folks, plus you multi-line users out there. But that's not where Patriot Mobile stops. They continue their support by donating millions every single year to conservative causes that you and I care about. And if that isn't enough to get you to switch, how's about the fact that Patriot Mobile isn't limited to just one network? They have all three major carriers. That means they provide an industry-leading coverage guarantee. Need more reasons to switch? When you go to PatriotMobile.com storm and you switch to Patriot Mobile, you support me. So you get great value, support the causes you love, and keep your liberty-loving Latino's voice independent, all for making the switch and putting your hard-earned money that you're already spending to work at battling the woke. Call 972-PATRIOT. That's 972-PATRIOT. Or go to PatriotMobile.com storm. Use the promo code STORM. That gets you free activation. 972-PATRIOT at PatriotMobile.com slash storm. Genital mutilation is happening to Texas kids. These abusive medical practices are being pushed by the radical woke leftists in our state. You can go to TexasScorecard.com to learn more and get real news for real Texans. Folks, I want to welcome to the program a professor. I mean, we don't get professors very often on the uh, Salcedo Storm podcast. He's an associate professor of political science at Southern Methodist University, Matthew Wilson. Sir, welcome. Well, thank you for having me. All right. The, the issue I want to talk with you about is th- this this political feuding that's going on among the Republicans. But I want to get very specific because we have the communications director for Speaker Dade Phelan. Her name is Kate Whitman. She has undertaken a campaign of attacking the Republican chairman of the Republican Party of Texas, the, the conservative chairman, I should say, of the Republican Party of Texas online while she's drawing a taxpayer-funded salary, uh, estimates I'm hearing are anywhere uh, from in the 200000 range is what she's getting paid. So I have a series of questions I just want to ask you. First off, legally speaking, from your experience, is it legal for, for a, a politician or a politician's comms director to pull down taxpayer-funded money and then use that time to make political attacks? Well, let me begin by saying that I'm not an attorney, and so I cannot provide uh, definitive legal commentary uh, with with regard to uh, that sort of state financing. What I can say is that it is is very difficult uh, as a matter of law to prosecute a case like that uh, because – People have a lot of latitude in terms of if you're a communications director, in terms of what you talk about. Uh, so, you know, she could very well say this is not campaign activity per se. This is within her purview of commenting on relevant state affairs, uh, you know, that cross the desk of the speaker's office. There's a lot of wiggle room where a, an official can avoid a kind of slam dunk legal charge. Now, whether it is strategically wise, whether yeah. it's ethical, whether it's in the best interest of the Republican party that's another story well we're going to get into we're going to get into that so 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 we can leave the the legal aspect behind so let's talk about the ethics is it ethical for a public official to take taxpayer funded money and then use use that to attack uh, another political official so here's where i think the the ethical problem arises um this is inside baseball within the texas republican party 
right? This reflects feuds that are going on uh, within the state GOP, factional politics, you know, different ideological and personal camps that exist within the Texas GOP. Um, this person is paid out of the House Speaker's office. She's paid to work for the Speaker of the House. Now, ethically, I think that the complaint would be that this acrimony is not related to the business of the Texas House. Mm -hmm. This acrimony is not related to the legislative priorities uh, that exist for the Texas State House of Representatives. Uh, this relates to factional politics within the Texas GOP. And since she is an employee of the Speaker of the House and thus of the House of Representatives, pursuing factional politics within the Texas GOP would seem to be outside that purview. And so I think that's where the, the ethical issues come in, in terms of how she's spending her time when she's being very well compensated uh, with state funds. Right. And then this leads to the, the view from 30,000 feet up. By the way, we're talking to Matthew Wilson, Associate Professor of Political Science at Southern Methodist University. This, this is where we get into the, the view from, you know, way up high. You look down on this and you see a communications person, Kate Whitman, allegedly the communications person for a, quote, Republican who spends more time attacking Republicans than she ever has attacking socialists, attacking Democrats in, in the state of Texas. So how, how do you see this as just an outsider looking in at the acrimony you've already described adequately? <laughs> It really is remarkable. Uh, you would think that Republicans would be focused primarily on drawing distinctions between themselves and Democrats. You'd think. But, <laughs> you would think that they would be focused on outlining uh, a legislative agenda that the party could rally behind uh, and that they could really take into the campaigns next year against Democrats to hold and expand their majorities. But you're absolutely right that overwhelmingly the vitriol that has been coming out of the speaker's office has been directed at other Republicans, has been directed at Dan Patrick, has been directed at Ken Paxton, has been directed at Matt Rinaldi. Uh, those have been the targets, uh, even sometimes uh, directed at Governor Abbott, uh, although that's been kind of off and on. Mm -hmm. but, but other Republicans have been the focus of the speaker's ire while he has been very reluctant uh, seemingly to criticize Democrats uh, that he serves with. And in fact, in many cases has, has bent over backward to accommodate and to uh, try to retain cordial relations with Democrats. Well, right. Has actually uh, bent the state over forwards in, in, in this conservative's opinion to accommodate Democrats. And, and Mr. Wilson, that that's what I would, uh, you probably may, or you may not have heard this, that, that, Freshman representatives in the Texas House get something that's called the talk. And the talk is done by these establishment Republicans who tell them, hey, look, you, what, you, what you promised your constituents, that goes out the window. You're part of a fraternity now. You can't go on the Chris Salcedo show on, on Newsmax or on, on his Salcedo Storm podcast or on his radio show, and you can't bash Democrats. Now, Democrats can say anything they want to about you. They can tar and feather, they can call you Nazis, but you as a Republican, because you're in the majority, you cannot attack Democrats. And, and more than one freshman has told me this is the talk they get. And I think it's a window into the reason why you see the speaker and his lieutenants who have more ire geared toward conservatives, toward Republican voters and toward Republican legislators 
than any vitriol they they ever unload on a Democrat. You think that's fair? I think that that really is a big part of it. I think that something like that happens, and I think there's a history behind that. I mean, I think if we go back uh, all the way to the 1990s, there was a tradition of bipartisanship in the Texas state legislature. Famously, George W. Bush, when he was governor, had a very good working relationship with Democratic Lieutenant Governor Bob Bullock. Uh, you know, Bob Bullock was was a, a centrist, pragmatic sort of guy. Bush felt like he could work with him. There was a tradition in the um, state house that has been retained of giving the minority party some committee chairmanships. Uh, so the house has long prioritized a kind of centrist bipartisanship. Right. That Since the 19, that was, that was 1970 when the first, when Democrats held, they gave one committee chairmanship to one Republican in the, in the 1970s. There are some out there, Professor, that like to pretend this has been the this has been the case since the founding of Texas, and that's just not true. No, no, it's a it's a it's a relatively modern development. Yeah. It's something that developed in the latter part of the 20th century, and and my point was that um, you know definitely was something that when Joe Strauss was Speaker that he really prioritized. Joe Strauss was also not popular with conservatives. He was perceived <laughs> to be very much a kind of centrist. Uh, you know, rhino, if you will, that that charge was leveled at him frequently. Uh, and, you know, Phelan has has carried forward a, a lot of elements of that. Um, the, the difficulty with this, and I think what frustrates a lot of conservatives, is they say, look, there may have been some arguments for this once upon a time, but they look at today's Democratic Party in Texas and they say, Bob Bullock's not walking through that door. Yep. You know, these, these centrist, pragmatic Democrats are largely a thing of the past. Well, uh, wait the a Democratic minute. Party- well, wait a minute, Professor. The, these these pragmatic Democrats now call themselves Republicans, <laughs> like Char- <laughs> like Charlie Guerin and and his ilk. They they call themselves Republicans now. Uh, and, and I think that's that's the genesis of the problem that we're, we've been trying to root out here. Matthew Wilson is his name. He's an associate professor of political science at Southern Methodist University. Professor, if folks want to follow you on social media or they want to they want to look you up uh, at, at Southern Methodist University, where can they go? Well, you can uh, you can find me on the uh, political science department website at SMU, and I do a lot of media appearances. I have intentionally avoided a social media presence. I feel like all I can do is get myself in trouble there. Um, <laughs> well, look, I, I'm I'm glad to meet you, and I want I want to keep this relationship going and get you uh, perhaps on the television and the radio show. So thanks for appearing here, man. Sure. Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. All right, there he goes, Professor Wilson, folks, uh, on the Salcedo Storm podcast. Now I want to bring in. Uh, couple of guys you all know very well. Brandon Waltons, he is the, the senior editor at the Texas Scorecard. He's the host of the essential daily headlines at Texas Scorecard. And Luke Macias, he's a Texas political consultant and host of the highly coveted Luke Macias Show. Gentlemen, welcome. Thank, Thank you, you for Chris. having us. All right, guys. Uh, so, Brandon, you first. You heard what the professor had to say and what's, what's at issue here. Anything that we missed, something that maybe struck a chord with you or uh, another angle? Well, I think just from having experience, you know, I worked in the Capitol for, for a little while and one of those rules they tell you. So at the same time, while, you know, you mentioned sort of uh, the members have the talk where they're they're told that essentially all the things you campaign on. Yeah, we don't really do that here. Uh, while that's going on, there's another talk for staff members. And it's usually something to the effect of you should not be out there speaking or saying anything, right, uh, especially on behalf of. Uh, of your boss, and certainly not in any sort of combative way. 
And it seems like over the last few years, for better or for worse, that's certainly gone out the window. It's certainly gone out the window here. I mean, literally where you have Kate Whitman, who is paid to essentially attack Republicans by Dade Phelan, but this isn't even a new development. I mean, keep in mind, this is the same person who worked for the speaker prior, uh, Dennis Bonin, who was attacking conservatives back then. And so it's been this thing where that has been what that side has done. And meanwhile, they will tell people uh, that are more conservative that, hey, you need to just keep your mouth shut. Well, Luke, what about this aspect of I'm a speaker, Dade Phelan. I'm above the fray, so I'm going to send my attack dog, Kate Whitman, out to do my dirty work for me. Do you think that there could be a component to 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 this that, that reflects that? Well, I think I usually look at it as though we're scraping the bottom of the barrel when the comms director is the one picking your fights for you. Because, <laughs> you know, Dan Patrick is a good example of a leader yeah. who just takes positions that he takes and he tells people what he thinks. And sometimes we're all very familiar with the time Dan Patrick will take a jab at a statewide elected official at a, at the sitting at the opposite chamber at Dade Phelan at other Republicans, right? He doesn't mind. He's even criticized certain liberal Republicans in his chamber, Kel Seliger, when he was up there in Amarillo, Mm -hmm. where Dade Phelan instead will tell people, Oh, I'm not picking the fight. And then all of a sudden, you know, his Cobbs director is out there saying what it is he once said. It, it's it's this kind of underhanded way where Dade acts like he's not doing it. Um, and, and so, yes, there is a, a certain attempt that he makes to have one layer of separation. To Brandon's point, your state staff cannot campaign for you. And campaigning is asking people to vote for you. Uh, telling people to give you money, telling people why you should be in the position you're in, right? You're not there to tell somebody, my boss should be the state representative, right? That's not the job of a chief of staff, of a ledge director, of a comms director. Your job is to say, as a state representative, he is doing this. Kate Whitman is not spending her time communicating what her official boss, state-funded official, is doing in his official capacity. She is spending her time and money, the, actually her time and our money, mm-hmm. on saying the Republican Party needs to stop trying to tell us to pass Republican stuff. And she's even spending her time saying, here's all the reasons why I think the Republican Party is bad. And here's all the reasons I think my boss should be speaker is a good speaker and should continue to be speaker. She is actively campaigning for him to maintain the position of power that he holds. And that is why it is should be considered unethical. And well, yes, and I think it should be. And then to, to concentrate on the speaker, Brandon, it, it's, it, it might strike some that he's hiding behind the skirts of his comms director because he doesn't have the the intellectual heft, nor does he have the the honesty to come out and actually say what he is really about, about what he really is after here. So he allows his comms director to get out there and, and quote unquote, get into the mud. And he uh, just waits in the back and sees where the sees where all the dust settles. Fair. Yeah, and I think that's that's really the weakest kind of 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 you know of attack that you can see. Uh, to Luke's point, I mean, you see people like Dan Patrick, like Attorney General Ken Paxton. They go out there, they they say what they what they say, um, and they're not afraid to you know make enemies in the process if necessary. Whereas Dade Phelan, right, is hiding behind his staff member, and 
even more than that, you know, I was talking with somebody yesterday and, and we both were sitting there and I said, well, you know, you can think of times that Dade Phelan either directly or through people like Kate Whitman has attacked Republicans, certainly uh, a lot over the past few weeks. You know, we couldn't think of a single time that Dade Phelan has leveled any of these attacks through him or through Kate Whitman or through anybody else at a Democrat. And that tells you a lot about the people that Dade Phelan thinks that he represents in the Texas House. It's not conservatives. It's not the Republican Party that he claims to to be a part of. Uh, it's it's the Democrats that have helped put him in power. Indeed. And Luke, let's let's be plain what's going on here. Dade Phelan, in my opinion, made a tactical mistake. He delivered for his Democrats because they're the ones who put him in power and everybody, and, well, I shouldn't say everybody, but now everybody is starting to get the clue of how the speaker has been chosen for the last 12 years in this state, the Republic, alleged Republican speaker. And now they overstepped. They gave the middle finger one too many times to, to Dan Patrick, to Governor Abbott, to the conservative base, to their own voters. They did it one too many times, and they turned in the most left-wing, anti-Texas, frankly, anti-American session that in, in memory, as far as I'm concerned. And now they don't want to be held accountable for it so this is why Kate Whitman, as you stated, bottom of the barrel is out there trying to do everything she can to preserve pro-Democrat Republicans in the Texas House. Yes. Uh, I completely agree with your assessment of how desperate leadership is. And the funny thing is, you know, their version of this session is something like the most conservative sec- session in universal history of all sentient beings existence okay i mean that is that's their version of 2023 but the reality is what we know is that i mean well over 50 conservative bills that passed the texas senate just died in the texas house Mm -hmm. protection of detransitioners immigration legislation um you know esg policy fiscal policy social policy putting the 10 commandments up in the classrooms dead in the texas house and yet now what we're going to see tomorrow uh we're recording this but friday whenever school choices is debated we're likely to see school choice die in the texas house that is how bad that chamber is so they know where they're at (laughs) and the democrats they cut too many deals you're absolutely right chris they cut too many deals and that's why they've had to come back special session after special session after special session you know Dade Phelan's ideal session is one that accomplishes just enough conservative policy for Greg Abbott to be happy and kills just enough conservative policy to keep the Democrats on his team. And he did not calculate it correctly. And Dan Patrick also was very loud and proud about all the conservative policy that he rightfully worked to pass that the Texas House killed. And so it just set up a situation where we're now in the, in the situation we're in, and they're as desperate as they are. Yeah, and you know what? And I think they're, they are looking at the tea leaves, and they are desperate, and that's going to be the series of my, my last questions to Brandon Waltons, senior editor at Texas Scorecard, and Luke Macias, political consultant and host of the Luke Macias Show. So, gentlemen, we, we are looking at the, the wave of anger uh, and people wanted to know, how is it that all of the this great conservative stuff can't get passed in a majority Republican Texas legislature and government? And they're starting to get the answers because of programs like this, because of Texas Scorecard. And what they're finding out is that we have saboteurs. 
Dade Phelan with the Texas scorecard identified as the Dirty Dozen, what I've identified as the the sloppy 24 who voted against parental school choice. The, the people are going, oh my gosh, it's a bunch of Democrats masquerading as Republicans is the reason why we're having all of our priorities in an era where Democrats are just laying waste to the country, courtesy of the federal Democrats, and they want, and Texans want to be defended, and they've got Dade Phelan and his crew stabbing us in the back. And Brandon, I think that Phelan and company are saying, oh man, the, the Texans aren't in the mood to play anymore because now everything is really serious and on the line. Well, not only are Texans not in the mood to play anymore, I mean, uh, people are, you know, waking up to a lot of the problems that have played the Texas House now for quite some time. Um, but I'll tell you this, this, the people that are going to come out um, in in March in the Republican primaries uh, who are going to be driven by uh, the idea to, to, to elect Donald Trump or whoever their, their Republican candidate is, but to try to get Joe Biden out of office— those people are not the same voters, uh, are not the voters that are going to be, um, I, I think, willing to support people who placate Democrats. I mean, these are just two completely different ideas that are at war with each other. And so if I'm Dade Phelan, if I'm one of the establishment Republicans that has uh, worked to whittle away uh, conservative victories that has been part of the reason that the legislature has now been drug into four special sessions. If I'm one of those people, I'm very worried about March. And and they should be, Luke, because you've had Daddy Abbott, you know, Daddy Governor Abbott having to pat Dade feeling the bum bum, say, go back and do your work, go back and do your work, go back and handle Republican priorities, deliver for your voters. Don't no, no, your voters are not Democrats. They are Republicans. You've got to deliver for them. And the, the people of Texas are paying attention. And this is the worst possible outcome for Kate Whitman and for the speaker. Correct. Well, you call them the sloppy 24, the ones against um, school choice. I'll call them the low T 24 because I think you got to be low T to uh, actually side with a bunch of teacher unions day in and day out. Yeah. But the reality is that they're very desperate. They're looking at their primary. They don't know what's going to happen. They know they voted against their actual voters. Um, Dade Phelan is also in a place where he's incredibly vulnerable. I know you and I have talked about this, Chris, a lot offline. But Dade Phelan is more vulnerable than any Republican speaker I have seen in modern history. He's got 50% of his own Republican voters who have a bad opinion of the way he's governing. 35% actually appreciate the way he's governing. I've never seen that Joe Strauss in that position. Dennis Bonin was never in that position. Tom Craddock was never in that position. So we haven't experienced a situation where a Republican has been so disliked by his own Republican voters, a Republican speaker back home. So I think he alone on his own is actually vulnerable. And then within all of the factions that are underneath him, and, and we sometimes don't get into all the little nitty gritty details, but the factions under date are, you know, two or three or four or five. Okay, I don't watch Game of Thrones, but I, I call it Game of Thrones because they say it's really complicated. So you go two or three or four or five factions underneath them, and they're all trying to figure out how they maintain the power they have with the working coalition, the unholy alliance they have with Democrats. And they're all trying to position because they don't know what's going to happen in March. But if conservatives stay focused from now till March, they will absolutely return several of these liberal Republicans 
back to retirement or back to their jobs if they have if they haven't reached the vested pension yet <laughs> and they're going to return some conservatives to the legislature and that could absolutely change the scenario if Dade Phelan loses his own primary there in Beaumont and Orange County and Jasper County then all of a sudden there's going to be this mad dash for the new speaker and the question is going to be whether we just get stuck with the next person that quacks like a duck and walks like a duck and looks like all the other duck speakers we've had or whether we have somebody who actually wants to change things the way they're done in Austin. Right. And whether or not the caucus actually says no more electing Republicans with Democrat votes. Last 100 percent. Yeah. Last question for you, Brandon. Uh, how many Republican lieutenants of Dade Phelan? Let's just say for argument's sake, he survives, though. I, As Luke was just pointing out, I, I think it's highly dubious at this point that he does. But let's just say he does. How many mm-hmm. lieutenants of his, uh, give me a number, have to go away and be replaced with real Republicans who are actually who actually believe in doing the the will of their voters to make an impact and to basically undermine this pro Democrat coalition in Dade Phelan's in Dade Phelan's little universe. <laughs> Well, ideally, you'd like to say everybody that's been put in a leadership position, every every committee chair, everybody who, frankly, went along with Dade Phelan on the impeachment sham against Ken Paxton. Those were 60, uh, 60 Republicans. Ideally, you'd like to see that. But um, in reality, I think it actually takes a lot less than that. Look, if anything, if anything moves things in politics, it's being pushed. And what I mean by that is... These guys are very, very scared of being unelected. It's probably the biggest thing, uh, one of the biggest fears these guys have. And so um, if they see that there is a chance, and even if uh, that just several of them may not be coming back, um, you could see that pressure uh, cause cause some conservative policy to come through. Frankly, we saw uh, that happen with, with some policies, even, even this session. In a session where conservative policies were killed, we saw things like gender mod pass because of what a big issue it was during the last campaign season. And so um, all that to say, though, I think uh, I think it's I think it's not going to be a good cycle for these guys. Do you do you don't want to hasten a number about how many you think it would take? <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know if I can pick a number. Maybe Luke can pick a number. Uh, I'm always I, I hate to predict. Things. Well, <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying what what number would it take to make to, to basically shake loose Luke, this this dynamic that is is just completely unacceptable. What Dade Phelan, what Speaker Strauss, what the what uh, Bonin, what the Gang of Eleven did twelve years ago, this dynamic is completely unacceptable and dysfunctional, and it has to end. How many Republicans have to be swept? At, so-called Republicans have to be yep. swept out to affect that. So I'm going to give kind of a nuanced answer, but my my minimum number is six. I think six Republicans, and I know that sounds like an odd number to pick, but I just think that we have a growing coalition in the in the legislature. More conservatives are getting frustrated. The truth is that if you have enough, right now there's only a handful. You know them: Brian Harrison, Tony Tenderholt, Steve Toth, Nate Schatzline. There's several others that on any given day will say, "Oh, I'll fight against the uniparty." you know, unholy alliance. But the reality is if we had five or six or seven or eight more conservative Republicans that said every single day, I'm going to go to fight for my conservative principles, regardless of what leadership tells me to do, it would change the culture. Now, is that enough to change who the speaker is? No, but it would change how much power the speaker 
has. So you might still end up having a bad speaker, but having that speaker significantly neutered compared to how Dade and Dennis and Joe Strauss operated. Mm -hmm. Now, the higher you get above that number as a floor, the more cultural change you see in that chamber. I know we've talked about this, Chris, offline as well before, but you know Milton Friedman's famous quote that I hearken back to a lot is that we want to create, you can never elect enough good people willing to do the right thing. You have to create a political environment such that the wrong people want to do the right thing, and that's how you often <laughs> accomplish the policy you want to see accomplished. Yep. We're not going to get 76 good Republicans. We don't expect that. We need enough good Republicans to force the rest of the Republicans to show that they're with us or against us. So that's where I think we're, we're coming down to. For the record, I'm going with 11. I think 11 is the key number to make sure that, that things significantly change in Texas to defend us against the large lurch left on the federal level. Brandon Walton's senior editor at Texas Scorecard. He is the host of the Essential Daily Headlines at Texas Scorecard. Luke Macias is a Texas political consultant and the host of the highly prized Luke Macias show. Gentlemen, appreciate your carving out the time for the Salcedo Storm podcast. Thank you, Chris. Thank you. That puts a wrap on this Salcedo Storm podcast. My friends, do me a favor. Visit the aforementioned Texas Scorecard and also visit chrissalcedo.com. When you go to chrissalcedo.com, you're going to find, well, yeah, me. You're going to find this podcast. You're also going to find the Chris Salcedo shows on AM 700 KSEV, the voice of Texas. That's morning talk radio, kids. That is simulcast on Rumble, on Getter, and on Newsmax 2. Then Newsmax 1 in the afternoon, you'll find the Chris Salcedo Show on television. And that is Monday through Friday, 4 o'clock Eastern until 5. Until we visit again, my friends, remember this. A society's worth isn't measured by how much power is stolen by an out-of-control government. It is measured by how much power is reserved for you and me. We, the people. You stay safe out there, my friends. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Pro football player Travis Kelsey is pressed for time during the football season. So he does two things at once. Whether it's grilling while mowing. Two things at once! Or getting this season's updated COVID-19 shot at the same visit as his flu shot. Two things at once. You can be like Travis and ask your pharmacist about getting this season's COVID-19 shot at the same visit as your flu shot, if you're due for both, as recommended by the CDC. Learn more and schedule at VaxAssist.com. Sponsored by Pfizer.